Hi everyone, and welcome back to Here's a Solution. In today's episode, Emily talks to Carolyn Mancuso, the Executive Director of Ignite Behavioral Consulting. Just a little bit of backstory on how this episode came to be. So back in March, my best friend, my best friend since high school, the love of my life, my roommate, Sydney, got a job at Ignite. This was really exciting because it was her first job in her field after she had graduated university. It's so exciting. And I was working with Emily. And so every day, Sydney and I would come home and have like our evening debrief about the day. And we kind of started to realize that both of our bosses, Emily and Carolyn, they were really similar people. They seem to have really similar leadership styles. They're both highly motivated and disciplined women. They run marathons, they work out. Sydney and I wish we could be more like them. But we were like, they need to meet because they're gonna hit it off. And so they set up a coffee date, they met, and totally right, they totally hit it off. And so Emily had the great idea of having Carolyn on the podcast. And so that is what you're going to listen to today. So they just talk about leadership styles, Carolyn's journey to becoming an entrepreneur, how she runs her business, how she manages her employees, all of that. So have a listen to today's episode with Carolyn Mancuso. Welcome to Here's a Solution, the podcast where talking about work doesn't have to feel like it. Presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions with your host, Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. Now, are you ready to get real about the everyday workplace? So why don't we have you introduce yourself? So I'm Carolyn Mancuso. I'm a board certified behavior analyst and I run Ignite Behavior Consulting. We are a center that provides applied behavior analysis therapy to children who have uh, special needs, primarily children with autism spectrum disorder or children who are autistic. And we support them in learning the skills they need to be as independent as they can possibly be and supporting their families in uh, supporting their, their children to be as successful as they can be. Our goal is to it's to really to work ourselves out of a job. We want the kids that come to see us to not need us anymore. And we're generally very sad when that happens, but also mostly very happy. Thank you for sharing that. It was an excellent elevator pitch. Very good. I think I have to be in a very tall building whenever I explain hmm. what it is I do, or sometimes it's easier to explain what I don't do. It's taken a long time to to somewhat perfect that even because, you know, when we have new staff start who are not from the field and even the staff who've been in the field for a little while, they're not really sure how to explain what we do to other people. They're like, I work with kids. Okay. <laughs> I teach some things. And, and that's about as far as it goes. So one of the reasons why I reached out to you initially to talk about the, having you on the podcast was actually because of Chelsea, because one of her best friends works for you. And she was bragging about what an awesome boss you are, what an amazing place it is to work. And I love talking to other people that manage, other people that manage not only maybe younger staff, but I'm, I'm you know, getting to know this generation of, and I don't even think Chelsea and her friend are really in the Gen Z, although I think they're cuspers, which being a millennial Gen X cusper, I understand you kind of have one foot in each, but it's, it's this, you know, it's, it's a different generation. It's, it's younger people. It's, I think just starting a business and adding staff and just maybe what that pressure was like. And just hearing that Sydney loves work, it got me thinking it'd be great to chat and even just find out, you know, what was, what has this journey been like for you? So what was it like to add to your team? What's it like to manage people? 
It's definitely an adventure. Yes. Uh, he, you know, hearing that Sydney loves coming to work is, I think, for me, you know, knowing that my staff like our workplace culture, they love coming to work, you know, they don't get the quote unquote Sunday scaries. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's one of the biggest compliments. And that is so, it's such a rewarding part of, of the work outside of like the actual work. Yeah. So that's so great to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. I love sharing the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And I, and thank you for having me, you know, uh, workplace culture is, it's a topic that is really, really near and dear to my heart. It's something that I'm super passionate about. I think that, you know, whoever said that work can't be fun. Like that's the biggest myth that that's out there. It's totally garbage. Work can absolutely be fun and you can like coming to work. So, you know, in terms of what the adventure has been like, adventure is definitely the the best word. You know, I went to school to be a behavior analyst and to, um, you know, support children and families. They really don't talk a whole lot about how to manage people and definitely not about how to run a business. So it's definitely been a, a learning journey. And it's been one that has been really just amazing, to be honest, challenging at times, but mostly just amazing. That's awesome to hear. So what was it like when you hired your first team member? Because I think we had briefly talked about this when we first sat down together. And like me, you were kind of a one-woman show for a little while. Yeah, so kind of and kind of not. I've kind of never actually been on my own. So it's funny that you asked this. So about, I guess it would have been almost eight years ago now, I had just moved to Thunder Bay. I was working in my first like, you know, quote unquote, big girl job. I just got a permanent position working for the ministry funded program uh, here in Thunder Bay, the autism intervention program, it was called at the time. And I had been in the role for about, I don't know, probably, probably four or five months. Uh, And we had this new staff start. Her name was Dominique. She had moved from a small town close to Timmins and she had also been in the field for a really long time. And she had been in her role for a couple weeks and we were in the middle of kind of a kind of like heated clinical debate, a very respectful one, but a, but a pretty intense clinical debate about something. And again, I didn't really know her that well. It had only been a few weeks and mid-sentence, she just stops talking. She leans forward in her chair and she points at me and she says, when you leave, I'm going with you. <laughs> And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I just got a permanent job. I kind of, my view was that, you know, this, this was it. This was going to be where I was for, you know, until I retired. Right. Uh, Because it was a great organization, great program. And um, I just kind of laughed at her. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I had no aspirations of running a business, no aspirations of running a private practice. Uh, Those were just not things on my, on my list or things that I saw in my future. But then, you know, a couple of years later, the ministry changed the model of the program and announced they were switching to a, a private model. And uh, she just casually, one day it was like, I'm still in. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I didn't really hire her. She hired me or hired herself. I'm not really sure. She kind of forced you to become an entrepreneur. Pretty much. Yeah. She, she believed in me before I did. So. That's yeah. so awesome to have that kind of cheerleader with you from the beginning yes because it can definitely be a little lonely in the entrepreneur world but yeah absolutely and cheerleader's a great way to describe her she just she's she's amazing she's got great energy she is so dedicated to the cause you know and we we really share the same vision of what we we wanted 
Ignite to look like, both in terms of, you know, the clinical work that we do as well as like our team culture. Talk a little bit about that, because if you have someone like a cheerleader with you, how does that look within your team dynamics? So, you know, how do you share team wins or, or maybe if you have like a, a tough day, I don't want to call it like a, a loss, but like, maybe, yeah. you know, you kind of work through the good and the bad. Yeah. So we, I really like to have team huddles. So we do a team huddle every single Friday. I pull everybody together. Usually people eat their lunch while we do this and we just talk about how the week went. So usually we share positives to start. I mean, we'll also do like housekeeping things and things like that. But for the most part, Fridays are about, you know, the positives, the great things that our our clients did, the successes that they had, maybe the, the successes that the staff had and also the funny stories. So the things that maybe, maybe weren't great, but kind of turned out funny during the, during the week. And so we talk about those. If we have overarching wins, we'll also share those with the team at that time. And we kind of tackle, like, I don't even know that we, I don't even know that we have losses, but, but those tough days kind of in the same way. So if we have a tough, tough day, whether it's a Monday or another day, um, usually I'll pull the team together and we'll just kind of debrief about it. Sometimes it's the whole team. Sometimes it's smaller teams, really depending on kind of what happened. But for the most part, we work through those things together. And I know like that could be a lot about like the, the clients you serve and the, and the topics that come up, but going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, the people part. So yeah. it sounds like you have the kind of work culture where people don't fear coming to you and saying, look, I might need next Tuesday off or I have this vacation planned, but has there been any instances or like, what's that like when, cause I know sometimes I have to like catch my reflection and be like, oh, right. I'm the boss. I have to actually answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's something that we've worked really, really hard at really making sure that people know from like the second that they started Ignite, that this is a place where we really value open communication and we really value feedback both directions. Um, So feedback is something that staff are used to getting regularly. And we also make it really, really clear and give them lots of different ways that they can give feedback to us. What are some of those ways that they could give feedback to you? Yeah. So during those really fun team huddles, I will often open the floor and just be like, how are things going? Like what things are working well? Or if we've implemented something new, I'll check in and be like, hey, you know, we switched around our group chat. Like, how's that working for everybody? Um, Or, you know, recently we switched from, uh, you know, a schedule that I printed out and stuck up on the staff door to an electronic version that staff can access throughout their sessions with clients now. Um, And so, you know, we check in about things like that, or are there any bugs with it? I really try to be ahead of challenges and really try to be watching and noticing things that are going well, things that aren't, uh, and then catching them before before they become issues. Mm -hmm. But obviously I can't be everywhere at the same time. So sometimes, you know, stuff comes up. And so giving staff that that time during those team huddles, you know, is there anything that's not working well, anything that could be better? That's one way we do it. We also use an app called Trello. And so staff can flag things that, that are issues in there. So it's kind of like a kind of like a virtual sticky note board, uh, but everybody can see it and people can comment like, yeah, I have that issue too. Or like, yeah, I agree. And then I also like to check in with staff individually because not everybody's comfortable sharing in front of other people. The one thing you brought up was Trello. And it's interesting because Mm -hmm. in this last year, yeah, I started using some other. So when I was looking for apps to help manage my life, (laughs) I remember I actually tasked Chelsea. I was like, okay, I need more of a to-do list and to like map out projects more than like a notebook. Mm -hmm. And she looked into a couple ones. So we use Asana. Yep. 
And I, I remember though, I, at a previous work, I had a team member who really struggled with priorities. Mm. So if we were having a conversation and I would mention like, okay, I need this, like we need this poster created or I need this done. They struggled with, okay, if I, like, where does this land on the priorities mm. list? If I, if I have to bump this up, what gets bumped down? And so what I really appreciated a was them kind of coming to me with Trello and saying, if I give you this and you give me a new task, can you help mm. like with prioritize it? Yeah. yeah. Like you were saying with the sticky notes, it was really easy to like bump things up and down and to mm-hmm. really be able to take a look at that. So, and even I think whether you have it on Trello or something, but even like you said, to have other ways of having those one-on-ones with people so mm-hmm. that even in the group setting, they want to be like, look, so-and-so keeps leaving the coffee maker out. Like, how do we address this? Right. Right. <laughs> so to have that option to like kind of reach out to you and, and it sounds like you give them multiple ways. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we talk about lots of the kids that we work with, we would call them multimodal communicators. So maybe they communicate using, you know, a combination of gestures and vocals as well as like an augmentative device or maybe with pictures. And so I like to, to kind of take that and, and, you know, really, I think about like our communication as a team and it's really also multimodal. So it's those one-on-one conversations, the big group conversations, you know, having Trello so that if people maybe don't want to have to talk about it, they can just fire off a note in there. But I'd say those are the main ways that we communicate those things. Multimodal. I'm going to remember that. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about, you know, the wins and losses, but how do you, how do you keep your team motivated? That's a great question. I think our team, we do a really good job of kind of that really, I don't know, it's kind of cheesy, but just like work hard, play hard. I think we do a really good job as a team of, you know, taking the clinical work that we do really seriously in the areas that it needs to be taken seriously, but also really work to bring the fun to the clinical work because, you know, you're working with kids. You've got to be Bring in the joy. Yeah. Uh, it should be fun. If you're not having fun, you are doing the job wrong. And they can tell. Absolutely. And so, you know, staff do such a good job. Our, our team is just so fantastic at, you know, making sure they're bringing the fun to their sessions, but also taking the clinical work seriously. But the clinical work should also be fun. So the job in itself is is kind of motivating and really like you're working with kids who have a whole bunch of goals and you get to see their progress every day. And, you know, for the most part, I'd say staff, that's probably one of the biggest motivators for them. It's, it has nothing to do with me. It's, it's the kids and how fantastic they are. And then outside of that, I think our team, again, we just, we work hard, we play hard. So, you know, we, we take time to do team building activities. We set aside time to, you know, um, we have a team appreciation day every year. We, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've done something different every year. So our first year we, we did a whole bunch of kind of like silly, like scavenger hunts and like Jeopardy games. And then we went on sales superior last year. We did, what did we do? We we did some team stuff in the morning. We kind of talked about like our, our team successes from over the past year. And we just did like a huge brainstorm. We talked about all the wins that we had as a team, how we've grown as a team, things like that. And then we went out to the lake last year and just kind of had an afternoon to, okay. to relax, fun in the sun. Yeah, it, it turned into a great day. Actually, the girls kept the party going after. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this year we were hoping to get back out to the lake, but the weather wasn't good. And so we ended up doing an office Olympics in the center. And so I divided people into teams and uh, they had to make like team uniforms and come up with like a team dance move. And then we played a bunch of silly games. 
Awesome. Yeah. Right. This sound like you. You work hard, play hard. Yeah. We we do a lot of kind of like I think just incorporating silly silly fun. We um, we also really like to celebrate like the people on our team, both for the things that are related to work and the things outside of work. And so you know um, when people have like gotten engaged, we've done flash mobs or like silly things like that just to you know celebrate each other and uh, things that are just they're just goofy fun. They bring people together and bring that joy to the office. Yeah. And I, I think we might have touched on this when we had like our, our pre-coffee, but I know we had talked about things like employee contracts and policies and procedures and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Important. So one thing that I'm, I'm just sort of like hearing you talk about and the ways that you share information and, and you work with your team on one end, I understand the importance of having the policies and procedures so that there's, of course. you know, a guideline but how do you work with when it's like, okay, here is the policy, but now here's the person? It's a tricky balance and it it kind of shouldn't be, but that's just the reality of it. I think for for my team, it's just about it's about being reasonable. Yeah. You know, so we have a cell phone policy. You know, you're working with kids, you're doing really important work, your phone shouldn't be on you. It should be away. You shouldn't be, you know, on social media and things like that. But we're also reasonable people. If someone's having a, a family crisis or, you know, they have a family member that is having a surgery or something, then yeah, you have your phone on you and, you know, we make arrangements so that you can step out if you need to take a call. So I think it's really that fine balance of looking at each situation as it comes up, looking at all the contextual variables and being a good person. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think sometimes that, I don't know what to say, like it's easier when, you know, you're kind of in charge and there's Absolutely. no like, big overarching like yep. institution to kind of say, but you did it wrong. But I don't know, the more we've, I've talked to other people about this, the more I almost want to like challenge you know, mm -hmm. the big juggernauts out there that keep pointing to policy and procedure because I feel like they are seeing the turnover and, mm -hmm. you know, that constant blaming, oh, nobody wants to work anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, turnover, it's, it's funny that you bring that up in, in the field of applied behavior analysis. If you look at agencies in the states and private clinics in the states turnover is one of the biggest challenges that places face and you know opening a, a private practice for me one of my my biggest goals is to have the the lowest turnover rate and really keep staff and so in you've been around for you said eight years so i've been i've been in thunder bay for eight years ignite's been open been really open for about three okay and how's How's your goal of low turnover going? I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's been so far. Awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, there's there's always going to be turnover. That's not, I think that's something that I don't know that having a goal to eliminate all turnover is, is possible. But I think, you know, having, you know, there are people who, you know, have, have come to Ignite and they've moved on to other fields because, right. you know, because either this was something that maybe they thought was a, a great fit for them. And as they got into it, they're like, actually, I found this other passion at the same time. And, and this is actually the route I want to go. So, you know, that's not someone leaving because, oh, your workplace culture is terrible. Exactly, um, yeah. so, so I think there, there, there's always going to be the possibility for a turnover because there's those situations or, you know, we've had staff, you know, go off on mat leave and then decide that they want to stay on mat leave. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's gone so far. 
I think, especially from what you've talked about, I think the turnover you've talked about or the turnover, it sounds like you're, you're honestly helping people find their passions and, and sort of figure out, you know, if you're a stepping stone, but you're up that positive stepping stone between, like you said, somebody's like, maybe this isn't exactly what I wanted, but you let yeah. me discover that in a really healthy way, the mat leave, that kind of thing. But it's, yeah, it's when you have that constant turnover because like you said, it's not a happy place to be. Absolutely. And I think, you know, lots, especially like those big organizations that we talk about, like they all have like their catchphrases or or talk about how like, you know, we value team here or this and that. And, you know, we support our staff. And I think it's, it's something that lots of places say that they do, but saying that you do it and actually doing it yeah. are two very different things. Absolutely. And, and it's, you know, when I was coming back and asking, you know, like, how's information shared? How do you celebrate wins and losses? Those are things that I, you know, as I've even had friends interview recently, I'm like, ask some of those team culture questions. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's really telling of an employer if they can answer how they honestly would handle good times and bad times mm-hmm. versus, you know, tell me a time when you really excelled at this. Yeah, I think difficult conversations, I mean, depending on on what it is, you know, we've had group tough conversations sometimes that are related to logistical things. And but if we're talking about kind of the traditional like tough conversation uh, or courageous conversations, for me, it's about being clear and objective. So the team member you're talking to understands the information you're sharing, uh, sharing the rationale for why something is a, a challenge and needs to either happen less or more or what needs to happen differently and always coming from a place of of support and of trust. I think I think trust is another really, really big thing when we're talking about building team culture, yeah. ensuring that, you know, not just that you can trust your team, but that your team trusts you um, and that you have their back and that when you are sharing feedback or having a tough conversation, it's because you want to see them succeed. Absolutely. And I think, and, and maybe you can expand on that, I think a lot that comes from that is also the follow-up. Mm-hmm. You've had this tough conversation. You've said, okay, so this is our plan moving forward. And then I think we've all probably all had that experience where then it's never talked about again. And you're kind of like, am I better? Did I do well? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And I think that's one where, again, it's it's also context specific, right? Like what's happening for me with, you know, like a million balls in the air, I like to make a follow-up plan right then so that that exact scenario doesn't happen. Because I think it's in a busy workplace when you're an entrepreneur, it's it's easy for some of those things to, well, for anything to kind of fall off the radar. So making a plan right then and there, okay, you know, whether it's, you know, this is our plan or or sometimes, you know, I like to, to give staff space to, I'm going to say percolate, yeah. <laughs> you know, or process, right? So sometimes like I'll have a conversation with a, a team member and then say, you know, I like, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about like, what are some strategies for how we're going to manage this? How can I support you? Like what things can I put in place? Like I want you to take, take a couple days and then like come see me during prep time and we'll, we'll hash out a plan together. Yeah. And it's great that you give people that space. Some training that I recently did, it really talked about different perspectives And you might have those team members that are like very action oriented and they would want to right in that moment, make that plan and go, okay, yeah, this is what we're doing. And then you might have the others that are like, yeah, I'm going to need a minute because I need to think. And then when they come to you, you know that they're going to have a very well thought out plan. And it might be something very outside the box, Yep. but you know that they've been able to process it in their way. Yeah. And 
that just comes back to what we talked about earlier, just about treating people as people and as individuals. So, you know, right. not everyone on your team is going to process information the same way or problem solve the same way. Some people, some people like that time. They need that processing time. And they're like, you know, give, give me a couple of days or give me an hour. Other people are like, let's go, go, go. Let's sort this out. Um, and so really, I think treating your team as, as individuals and taking the time to actually learn about each person and learn about like what's their learning style, what's their problem solving style, what's their style as a person. You know, some staff, if they're if they're having a tough time outside of work, they might they might want to come share that and others maybe don't. Yeah. We have a lot of people on our team that are not huggers. <laughs> they are not huggers. And, and a few that are, are, are really big huggers, right? So just knowing, you know, learning, taking the time to learn about each person and what works for them and how you can support them best because it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a hugger, I can tell <laughs> when I go into people if they're just like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm usually like, all right, we're going to fist bump this one. <laughs> yeah. But, and it is interesting. And I'm thinking to uh, somebody I know that works for a very big organization and, you know, they have technically like a manager here in town, but then they also have other leaders that are based hmm. in other parts of the, the province. And that can in, be tough. Yeah. And yeah. in talking to them, like this, their team is so big and so spread out that they get, I think it's like an hour a month talking to this one so-called manager. So how well would you get to know somebody if you really only got to talk to them once a month? And then, yeah, like, you know, talking to this person, they were like, I had a list. Yeah. I had a list of things I needed to talk to them about because, you know, there was inconsistencies between things that were happening here in Northwestern Ontario and expect expectations that were happening from Southern Ontario, which I think is, you know, two very different cultures. Absolutely. And, and it was interesting because leading up to this monthly one hour session, the, the person actually cut it to 30 minutes. Hell yeah. So then it's like, okay, I have 30 minutes to talk to you. And, and I just think about, what is that sending to that person? No kidding. I can't imagine that. I mean, I feel disconnected from my team if I don't talk to all of them. Like if I don't, if I don't talk to somebody for a couple of days, even if, you know, they were at the center and so was I, but we just, you know, didn't cross paths. Yeah. I'm usually like, oh my God, hey, how are you? Like, I feel like I haven't seen you all week. What's going on? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting that, to, you know, and I, and I think there's so much value to our world still hanging on to that hybrid model and still allowing mm -hmm. people to... Yep. You know, if it was working, great. But then, yeah, you then maybe lose the people side. Yeah. So. And I think relationship building is is also intertwined with all of this stuff. And it's yeah. so important. Um, and it really goes back to that, having that, that mutual trust. Absolutely. Well, I can fully understand why... Sydney loves working with you and why I really enjoyed our coffee and I'm really excited and happy that you decided to come on the podcast and share a little bit about who you are and your team and your management style. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And in the show notes, we will link to Ignite. 
and a little bit of information. So if anybody's interested in finding out a bit more. We're always hiring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, check out. Um, We'll put all your socials and your handles in there too. So please feel free to check out the show notes and it'll be linked in our Facebook post as well. And once again, thank you so much, Carolyn, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Here's a Solution, presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions. This podcast is hosted by Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. Editing and sound engineering by Nick Donati. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you love to listen. And if you would like, you can follow us on Facebook at Emily Shandruck Solutions, on Instagram at Solution Boss. And if you have a question or a situation you'd like us to discuss on the show, send us a DM or email us at podcast at emilyshandrucksolutions.com. Shandruck is S-H-A-N-D-R-U-K. For more information, visit emilyshandrucksolutions.com.